Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Be Fly Media Podcast. I am your host, I'm Mel, and as always, it is a tremendous honor to have you listening to the show. So anyways, guys, um, for me, it's like day number 46 of being in quarantine. I'm starting to lose count. <laughs> um, but anyways, I'm hoping that things will start to kind of go back to their regular way of being. And, you know, especially for people who are not working right now, um, my my whole vibe is off. My agenda, it's jacked. I don't have a routine right now. Um, I'm totally off of my regular routine. Pre-quarantine, I would go to work early in the morning. I would start my morning at 9 a.m. every single day. I would go to a morning meeting at 11 a.m. every single day, go to lunch at the same exact time, and then, you know, get off of work at 5, go to the gym at 5.15, work out for like 90 minutes, go home, make dinner, eat, sleep, do it all again the next day. And honestly, even though I have enjoyed resting and just, you know, I guess I'm thinking of this like, you know, I do work hard. I have been asked to not work right now, so let me just do what I'm supposed to do and just not work. It's it's difficult, though. It is difficult. It's a struggle because, you know, I'm young and not for nothing. I, I do enjoy earning my money. Um I know a lot of women out there are very independent, and I I consider myself to be a very independent woman myself. So just coming up with the funds and figuring out how I'm going to pay for rent for the month of June is going to be a ton of fun, uh, as right now I don't have any income, uh, but I know that God always provides. So I'm not really worried about that because, you know, I I know that I will be taken care of. I have never been in a situation where something wasn't done, like a need wasn't met or I went hungry or, you know, I had to be in a very unfortunate circumstance. Obviously I've had my share of unfortunate circumstances, but as far as like, you know, safety and things like that, I've never felt a threat, thankfully. Right now, however, I'm feeling a little bit of uh, stress, tension, because, you know, honestly, there's just a lot of uncertainty. And when you're classified as a non-essential business, it it hurts. It makes you reevaluate your entire career path, your career choices. I even was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, do I need to go back to school? Do I need to learn new skills? Do I need to go to the medical field? What do I need to do? What is going to happen? Am I going to take pictures for a living? Am I going to have to stop doing that? Like all these questions just started to, you know, arise. But again, I know that I will be taken care of. I will be fine. I'm not worried about that. Now, I do want to share, because uh, I did have uh, a question that someone sent me via DM. Uh, because I don't know if you guys are aware, if you follow me, you know that um, I'm definitely one of those people who enjoys 
traveling and going places. And I'm even one of those people who I will take a risk and travel alone, even if I am not familiar with the area. And I am that person who will take all of her camera gear because I have to document everything. And I used to I used to kind of uh, like going on group escapades and things like that uh, when I lived abroad, but a lot of people would get upset with me because I wanted to take my time and I wanted to, if we were going hiking, for example, um, the last hike that I went on, it was like an eight or nine hour hike uh, in Villa de Leyva in Colombia, in South America. And I just remember that everybody was like, Hey, you know, you're going so slow. Like what's going on? And yeah, I like to go slow because I like to take everything in and, you know, there I am with my tripod, my camera. And I honestly went on that specific trip because I wanted to document the birds and things like that, which Colombia is very well known for that. So that was something that I was trying to do. So I don't, do things anymore in groups, especially when I know I'm going to be taking my camera because I know a lot of people, you know, they have an agenda or, you know, they just have plans. And my plan when I go somewhere is to observe, to kind of check out like what's happening and to document. That's, that's what I know how to do. That's what I enjoy doing. And people tend to get annoyed by that. So that's why I don't go on group trips really anymore, um, especially with people that I don't know. Now, obviously, if you're going with people that you know, it's a completely different experience. Um, I have gone, the last trip I went with my group of friends, we did a concert. Uh, we were at Lago Sagamoso, which is also in Colombia. And we were just doing like an outreach and awareness uh, event. And I took my camera. I took everything that I needed to do. I went exploring. My friends were like, this is where we're going to be. You have fun exploring. You go take those pictures and this is where we're going to be when you want to be social. And I really, really appreciated that because my band, my friends, they, they just knew. They just knew that, you know, I had to just take these photos. I just had to. It was it was something that was very important for me. And, you know, when you're not from somewhere, you really get the experience in, in a very unique way versus, you know, somebody who is from there. So, you know, I really appreciate those kinds of things. Now, I had somebody DM me <laughs> before I get off track. I had somebody DM me and it says, what is the most outrageous thing you've ever done? And the question goes on to say, looking back on it, do you look back on it with pleasure or regret? So I'm going to answer this question. So what is the most outrageous thing that I have ever done? Well, I, in my early 20s, I decided that I wanted to perfect my Spanish. My family, they are Colombian. Um, and, you know, I'm a first generation American and my Spanish wasn't perfect. It just wasn't, you know, it had some residue and some imperfections. And most of the time someone would speak to me in Spanish, I would automatically just answer back in English, understanding, comprehending 100%, but not confident to respond in Spanish. So in my early twenties, when I realized this struggle 
or this, you know, situation that I was feeling, especially like responding back, I realized that it was important to learn Spanish. Um, and actually one of my cousins kind of brought that to my attention. He was like, look, Mal, you know, it's cool that you're a first generation and everything, but you can't let Spanish die with you. You can't, you have to, you got to learn it. This is your native tongue. And, and yeah, my, my cousin was very right on 100%. I can't argue in any way, shape or form about that. So if you're a first generation American, like I am, you know, the struggles, you know, the struggles because you grew up in a household that was multicultural or, you know, bicultural or whatever it is, you know, uh, maybe you come from more than one background. Uh, in my household, it was Colombian all the way from both sides, mom and dad. Um, in other households, you know, there's a lot of biracial relationships out there. So being a first generation American, you know, it means different language, different culture, lots of, you know, everything, everything is different. So the struggle is pretty real, but I can definitely tell you that the most outrageous thing that I did was when I decided I'm going to move to Colombia. I'm moving to Colombia. And I remember at the time that I made that decision was back in 2007. And I was like, okay, I'm going to save money. I was working at the time at an Italian restaurant, Macaroni Grill, which honestly, what a good restaurant that was. Macaroni Grill has nothing like that I do not like on their menu. Everything on their menu is so good. And I don't know how Olive Garden is in business and Macaroni Grill went out of business. Because if you remember Macaroni Grill, just like the quality of their food was, oh, and honestly, coming from somebody who used to work there, and you know, when you're a server, it's not a glamorous lifestyle. No, no, no. Some people don't tip. Some people, you know, are just rude and inconsiderate. Some people treat you very mean. But every now and again, you know, you do get some really nice people that are just, you know, there to genuinely have a great time. And as a server, you're there to give them an enriched experience when they go dine at the restaurant. That's what you're there for. And I feel like I did my job quite well. So anyways, I worked at the restaurant at the Mac Shack, the Mac Grizzle, as we used to call it back in the day. I really miss the Penny Roostigan, the Pasta Milano. Those were two of my favorite. Oh my God. Oh. But anyways, I remember uh, saving all of my tip money back during those times. And it was just, it was great because my money just grew and the money that I saved in a year, I was able to finally, you know, make a decision like, okay, I'm serious about going to this country. Let's go ahead and make some moves. So I had enough money saved up. I moved over there. Um, I had my uncle. Alfonso is his name, uh, Alfonso Scopari, who is actually an amazing teacher. Uh, English is his specialty, but he's head of the foreign languages department at the university where he works. So definitely I was lucky enough to have like a very good recommendation for my uncle. And he also, he taught me the ways he taught me basically everything that I needed to know. He also, uh, prepped me in TOEFL and everything. And the reason why, I had to basically learn English twice 
was because now I was going to start to teach it and incorporate it more so in my daily activities and my daily life. So English became a huge part of this journey. And my uncle, he tells me, he's like, look, Mel, you know, over here, you can do very well. You can be very successful here, but you got to put in the work. You have to do the classes. And, and he warned me, he's like, look, teaching, it's, it's not glamorous. It, it is very rewarding. He told me, which it is, you know, based on my experience, it is very, very rewarding. And, you know, honestly, I felt like these, the students that I had, they taught me more than I taught them. And they taught me life lessons, you know, things that a textbook could never teach me. But I'm, I'm very thankful for that time. And it, it was a scary time for me. Like I said, I'm in my early 20s. I'm going abroad. I've lived in South Florida my entire life. Never really been to any other places other than sunny South Florida. And I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I wanted to go. I was, you know, at the time I was single, no kids, nothing in the picture, no obligations. And I'm like, you know what? If I don't do this now, I might not ever be able to get this chance back. Let me let me go. So even though I was very afraid because I really, you know, it's scary. It's scary when you have to move to a different city. It's even more horrifying when you have to move to a completely different country. So that's why I think that that was one of the most outrageous things that I ever had done before. Uh, definitely moving to Colombia. And I remember also at the time, um, there was this like telenovela called uh, El Cartel de los Sapos, which was about Pablo Escobar. And a lot of my American, well, my North American friends, at least, a lot of them were like, oh, you know, you're going to be kidnapped. You're never going to come back, this, that, whatever. So, you know, a lot of my friends legit thought that I was, in fact, going to be kidnapped and that they would never see me ever again if I do move to Colombia. So that was um, definitely an obstacle as well for me. But I have to say that living there was one of the best things that I could have ever done. Um, everything that I learned there, I ne never would have learned that at the university. I never, 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 not in a million years. So if you're young and if you're thinking about traveling or if you're wondering if you should, go, go do it, go do it. Because, you know, my original plan was to just stay there for six months that was my plan. And six months turned into a year, a year turned into three and then five. And then before I knew it, a whole decade had gone by and I, I didn't even feel it. So yeah, it was pretty outrageous. And then the other outrageous thing that happened to me was that I came back. I came back to South Florida after about a decade and I started at zero all over again because of some very crazy unforeseen circumstances, which I don't regret because everything that has happened has brought me to this moment. So I'm, I'm just truly blown away, honestly. And uh, thank you so much for that question. I really, I really enjoyed uh, sharing that, but yeah, guys, uh, let me know if you've done anything outrageous. Um, I have stories four days. So again, if you're wondering if you're 
if you should travel or maybe you've been putting something off, maybe you're just one of those people who has all these excuses for why you haven't done something. Do something nice for yourself. Do something nice for yourself. You deserve it. You deserve to be pampered. You deserve to explore. You deserve to see the world and to see what you're passionate about and what you love. And like I said, if you are solo right now and nobody else is in the picture, even better. There's just more opportunity there for you to just thrive and grow and to just really figure out what you love and what you want to do. So figure it out. The younger you can figure it out, the better. And, you know, we're not getting any younger, but at the same token, there's still a lot of exploring and stuff to do, guys. So I want you to be encouraged and let me know where you guys are thinking of traveling to. I know we're still under quarantine and a lot of people's plans have been postponed, but at some point things are going to go back to the norm and let me know where you're going to be traveling to. I honestly need to go to Colombia. Like I need to go this year at some point, even if it's for a week, 10 days, 20 days, a month, not more than a month though. Like I'm not going to stay for more than a month unless, unless something really, really exciting happens and unexpected. But I don't know if I would live abroad again during this season of my life. If you ask me in a year, that might be completely a different answer. But at this time, I would definitely say that living abroad, I think, I think I'm done for now. I think. But until further notice, you know, I guess the passing of time will tell. But anyways, guys, I do want to thank you so much for tuning in to the latest episode of this podcast. It's been real. And remember, you can check out all the other episodes. Go to my website, honeybeefly.com. That's honeybeefly.com. All right, guys. And you can check out the podcast. Uh, you can check out my pictures, my artwork. Um, send me a message if you guys want to reach out and I'll be happy to answer any other questions that you guys have. And thanks for listening. Be safe and watch something good on Netflix and exercise and get some sun and don't eat junk food. Okay. And I love you guys. You're the best. Bye.